Fan, short for fanatic, is the one who's screaming their lungs out in sub-zero degree temperatures, still believing when the chips are down and never, ever giving up on their teams or their players. From the closest seat to the worst one, we want to meet you all. This uh -huh. is the American Fan. What's going on, sports fans? It's Josh Williams back again with another edition of the American Fan 365 podcast. We have a special guest uh, today, and then we're, uh, we'll introduce him shortly, and then we'll get into some sports topics. But, uh, George, this morning was, was a little rough. It was a little rough. Why was it rough, Josh? Well, as I mentioned before, uh, you know, I was, I was heading, I was going to head out, start driving Uber this morning, get, you know, get a good start to the day. It was going to start at like 8. You know, get a couple rides in before uh, before the show, and um, you know, I go, I get a ride. I'm like, all right, all right, let me go ahead and hop in the car, get myself ready to go. I get in the car, and the car, you know, first off, I left the car unlocked. That was already mistake mistake number, number one. one. But uh, I get in the car, so I'm like, okay, keys are in the car. No, keys aren't in the car. Okay, all right. Is it a push to start? Yeah, it's a push to start. Uh oh, <laughs> push that's to the start. worst when you push it. Keys oh yeah, not detected. Yeah, key not detected. No fob. No fob. Uh, I get back in the house, and um, I, I'm like literally, you know, tearing my house apart. So, you know, after about ten minutes, I like cancel the ride. Let the let the lady know, like, hey, I, I ain't gonna be able to make it. This this isn't gonna happen. Um, and uh, long story short, two hours go by. I, I am now encroaching on my time to get to the studio. I get to the point where I'm like resigned to my fate. I got to order an Uber. George is going to have to take me home. I know I don't know if George has another show after my show. And um, I, I throw up the Hail Mary as the woman is getting to my gate. Is it in the couch? Of course it was in the damn couch. So Well, you were cuddling last night. That's yeah, that, uh, it, was, it, was a, it was a foul. There was a, there was a flag on the play for sure. Um, but, uh, but got here. So that, that's why I'm a little frazzled. So, so before I introduce our guest, uh, Brett, if I, uh, if I make any mistakes, just know that I'm still on the, I'm coming down from, from this sadness, but we have Brett Fraser, the chief athletes officer of the enhanced games. Now, what are the enhanced games? We're going to have this gentleman explain them to us a little bit more. Uh, but Brett, start by introducing yourself and, uh, and maybe a little bit of your background. Sure, uh, Josh, thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Brett Fraser, Chief Athletes Officer of the Enhanced Games. Um, I grew up in the Cayman Islands uh, before attending school at the University of Florida, where I swam on the college team and uh, professionally for a few years after that. I participated in three Olympics, Beijing 2008, London 2012, and Tokyo 2020. I was a semifinalist in two events at the, Beige at the London Olympics, the 200 free and the 100 free. And I was Pan American Games champion in the 200 meter freestyle. Wait a minute. So when we talked before, we didn't get into your background. So wait. So you're you're an athlete. You're an Olympic swimmer, not just in just not a good swimmer. You're an Olympic swimmer. That's correct. Wait. Do you have any medals? You you said you came in second. Uh, so I won a medal at the Pan American Games, but I semifinaled in two events at the London Olympics. Oh, okay. 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 All right. That's that is amazing. That is absolutely amazing. And then give us a little bit of background on what are the enhanced games, um, and then we can talk about the uh, the five sports that you're going to be competing in. Uh, well, excuse me, that you're going to have athletes compete in, and um, and then go from there. Sure. So the enhanced games is an alternative to the Olympic games. Uh, the boldest part about it is uh, we do not have drug testing. Um, we're going to conduct the games on an annual basis at a dedicated campus. So as to save taxpayer money and use and be less wasteful of cities infrastructures, hosting cities infrastructures, we're creating a new model that is focused on the athletes. Um, we want to build a better environment for athletes to train and participate in and ultimately be rewarded and be able to live comfortable lifestyles uh, once they uh, perform. We think the current Olympic model is broken. We think there are there, there's a lot of misalignment between the, the parent organization um the ioc uh, and the athletes i mean you can spend 25 years of your time and effort training to make an olympic team and then win a gold medal um however being able to you know be set financially and live a comfortable life uh, thereafter after you become the best in the world um is something that just doesn't exist today so we've set out to understand the inefficiencies of the current model 
um, put athletes first and then improve upon um, what the existing option is. I love it. And, uh, and then also, um, so, so the five sports are track, swimming, gymnastics, combat sports. And what is the fifth one? Weightlifting. 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 Okay. It's All track right. and field. So it's track and field events. Track and field. Excuse me. Track and field. My mistake. And, um, and then also, so these are going to be, you're going to have actually some former Olympians uh, compete as well as, um, you know, regular, regular high level athletes. So uh, the pool, the talent pool is open to everyone. Uh, we're encouraging athletes who choose to be enhanced and natural athletes uh, uh, to compete as well. Um, we expect a healthy balance of both, and we think the the competition environment is going to be um, it's going to be that much more exciting having athletes who choose to you know be enhanced and uh, existing athletes who choose to stay natural. Um, so we're really opening opening the the gates up to. Um, uh, individuals who want to have full bodily autonomy and, um, you know, see where they can push their limits of their training and ultimately their competition. Okay. Now, when you, when you talk about, you know, cause I know that, uh, steroids, PEDs, they have such a stigma. Um, you know, I know when we spoke before I was talking about, uh, we're going to have Jose Canseco in the studio, uh, coming up. And, you know, one of the questions I want to ask him, um, is, you know, he, he was the original person that blew the whistle on a lot of the steroid allegations and by and large, he was, he was truth, you know, about everything, even though everyone else kind of was saying he was crazy and all these things. Um, when, when we see when athletes are able to use performance enhancing drugs, we, we saw what it did for baseball. Um, you know, what do you think in terms of, uh, do you think that these are going to be now um, world records that are going to be broken potentially and different looks like that? What do you think? Um, I think we're going to see a lot of uh, human excellence and performance that we have yet to see. Uh, however, we're going to still need to, there's going to be basically a curve where we need athletes who still have a lot of talent um, to buy into wanting to enhance their bodies. I think we're not just going to have, you know, amateur athletes uh, that become enhanced that uh, just start breaking world records. There's no sacrifice for hard work and, you know, the the 10,000 hour rule to become an, ex an expert and master your field, you're still going to have to, you know, put in that time and effort. Um, but what we're trying to do here is basically allow athletes to consult with uh, clinicians to understand if there are programs that are specific to them um, that will allow them to train um, more rigorously and then perform at a more advanced uh, level. So with the uh, consultation of, of clinicians and physicians and scientists. Um, we want to develop personalized enhanced programs for athletes uh, to see, um, you know, where we can push the human body. So, so the doctors, the doctors are in on this. I mean, I wouldn't say they're in on it, but they're, <laughs> they're, uh, you know, we're working with them in order to provide a safe environment um, to provide uh, uh, much more, much more regulated administration prescription and um, um, just, you know, being able to perform uh, enhancing the body in a, in a more regulated and safe manner. Um, right now it's done in the dark. Uh, you know, we don't know where these enhancements are coming from. We yes. don't know how they're administering it to themselves. And uh, it's just a matter of fact that um, in the Paris Olympics, I think most people will agree that we will see at least one positive uh, doping test. Mm, okay. All right. Uh, and then how often do you guys want to, uh, to hold these games, Brett? Uh, we want to run them every single year. Uh, we currently think the four-year model, uh, doesn't do athletes well, um, in terms of being able to perform and, 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 and being able to, to exhibit their, their continued performance. So, um, we're offering substantial cash prizes for winning gold and then winning and then breaking world records. Uh, the financial incentives are even more so great. Um, on top of that. So we, re we really want athletes um, to be competing on a consistent basis and, uh, you know, have the chance to uh, do something great and be eligible for, you know, major financial incentives in addition to a few other things um, that were uh, engineering as part of the model. Every yeah. single week. Yeah, yeah. And, and so when we spoke before, you said that uh, the top athletes will be paid a comfortable income, universal-based income, uh, based on ranking, and uh, the prize money will be substantial. I know that you don't want to get too much into what that looks like currently, because um, I know that you guys are still working on that. Um, but do you, you know, I know that we're going to talk a little bit more just in terms of 
um, you know, the Olympics, what the players are actually paid. Um, most of that money comes from their sponsorships, not so much directly from their pay. You guys are looking to pay the athletes directly, correct? Yeah, that's correct. We want to we want to create a, a standard level of income for athletes who continuously perform uh, within a certain ranking. So whether it's top 16 or top 20, uh, we want our best athletes to be taken care of and we want them to be able to train comfortably and live comfortably in order to focus on, um, you know, their their the the main thing that their life is 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 built around, which is their craft of sports. Hundred percent, hundred percent. We see, you know, I know that you had mentioned before what your goals were with this. You said the largest goal is attracting top talent um, and showcasing enhanced, both enhanced and natural athletes. Um, the safety protocols, I think that's the biggest thing. Um, you know, that we've never seen. You said uh, we want to pull the the veil back and pull this out of the shadows. Um, and I think that that can be beneficial both um, from a standpoint of seeing exactly what the body can handle as well as what's safe. Um, you know, um, George, you know, I know that, uh, you know, you've worked in football and, um, you know, you, you've dealt with steroids, obviously, not you personally, mm -hmm. but just people around you. Um, what do you think the, the most exciting thing from, from these games could be? I think it'll be interesting to see like my question to you, Brett, was just kind of the perception, you know, you were a former Olympian, you did it the right way. And now you're like, I kind of want to make this more interesting. And so for me, how has the reception of your peers been your, your former comrades that you competed with naturally? Um, are they like, damn, Hey, Brett, were you always on the juice and like you were like beating it like uh like all those uh, documentaries and stuff or what's uh what are people in your circle saying to you about this idea yeah so for the record i was always a natural athlete um there's a blood passport where i'd be able to you know prove that today given um how they monitor uh different levels um within you know your blood and at the molecular level uh so i was always a clean athlete i always abided by the rules and that's you know what i what i chose to do and what i wanted to do um i had no desire uh, to basically cheat and try to beat the system, uh, which is what taking performance enhancements would have been doing um, should I have done it back in my career. Um, I understood that, you know, I was racing against uh, individuals who were trying to beat the system. And I, you know, understood that I was going to be disadvantaged if I, um, you know, wanted to play unfairly. But being a, an athlete um, and having the character that I do, I was always, you know, abiding by the rules. Um, but understanding that, you know, people are always going to beat the system. What I'd like to see is an even level playing field for other athletes. So how do you get, how do you solve that? Uh, you create an environment where you basically allow athletes to choose whatever it is that they'd like to take. Um, we've seen, you know, the water list, uh, expand and contract with all sorts of, uh, different substances. And it's really, uh, uncertain how they choose, uh, which substances get allowed on there and which ones get taken off. So. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, given, given, uh, the understanding of that, we figured why not, you know, just open up athletes to having full bodily autonomy. And if they choose to be enhanced, do it in a very safe, uh, uh, manner. So, um, that's what, uh, we've really set out to do here. And, uh, the safety of it is our athletes are of paramount importance when it comes to, uh, their safety. So we're not going to allow athletes who have an unapproved or, um, an unendorsed, uh, uh, program of, of taking enhancements without clinical supervision. So they're going to be, have to be approved by, um, uh, doctors and scientists before, um, they're allowed to compete and there will be regular ongoing, um, analysis to make sure our athletes are healthy and safe. Would, would you say a majority of the things that the athletes will be taken is for recovery? Uh, cause I, I figure that's, uh, one thing for especially older athletes, which I think I'm most excited for. I think you guys will really open the doors for a lot of 33 year olds who, you know, are struggling to compete with that 20 year old. Um, and now they actually have a shot to have those recovery tools to, you know, uh, exhibit the best performance. Is that kind of like, do you know, uh, specifics on like which types of enhancers they'll be most likely using? So I'm not exactly sure which, 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 uh, which compounds are the best for which sports, 
Um, I think a medical professional can answer that uh, more directly, given, you know, an athlete's uh, composition, what their training regimen is like and what uh, their competition uh, style is like. But um, like you said, George, I think recovery is going to be something that will be really interesting. I mean, um, I was exhausted 24-7 as an athlete training. There was not enough rest that I could get, even uh, leading up to competition. Um, but I remember during the taper, the taper period, which is about three to four weeks before you're competing, you allow your body to uh, relax, you catch up on sleep. And I know if I had that during my um, during my my training, my regular training schedule, uh, it would have been amazing to see how I would have been able to, you know, just knock every single practice out of the park, um, as opposed to, you know, come to certain practices and struggle harder than others. So I think the recovery component of it and allowing athletes to be, you know, more relaxed and approach training with a fresh set of um with a fresh set of muscles, a fresh mind, I think that uh, recovery component of it will be really interesting to see. Um, and then you have the strength component as well. I think for, you know, certain sports, it's not to say that you should, you should prescribe, you know, whatever, whatever steroid it is for uh, everyone. I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, whether it's recovery or strength that should be focused on uh, for athletes. So it's not, it's not essentially about saying, you know, go and take, you know, whatever it is that's out there that's been shown to improve your strength or shown to uh, improve your recovery time. Um, it's basically, you know, understanding what each athlete needs, uh, whether it's strength or recovery um, on a molecular level using uh, the the latest therapies that are out there today and the ones that have yet to be developed. Okay, all right. Uh, and then also, you know, you talk about uh, your, your sport um, as a profession. How do you feel um, PEDs help swimmers like what what benefits do you see because you know there's a lot of talk about you know oh well peds don't really help this this sport this much because muscles aren't that big a deal and those kinds of things how do you feel peds specifically help swimmers i think from my understanding of peds i think uh oxygen absorption and utilization would be the most um, beneficial for swimmers not exactly sure which uh enhancements can do that but i think there you know is there are a few that exist. And then in terms of uh, sprint freestylers or sprinters in the sport of swimming, um, strength is important as well. So being able to build muscle mass and translate that to the technique that you need to have, the proper technique that you need to have in the water, um, you know, the strength and uh, the strength component of that would be really valuable. However, if you're a mid-distance swimmer or you're swimming long distance, it's probably more so uh, beneficial to you if you had uh if you were able to op optimize your your oxygen intake. Hmm. Got it, got it. And then, um, uh, so what do you think your perfect athlete is for this competition? What does he or she look like? Um, and, uh, you know, I know George had mentioned the 33-year-old. Like, what's maybe your target age, age range for, uh, for these games? Uh, so we don't have a target age range. Uh, everyone is welcome. We want this to be open to, you know, all the likes of folks who walk the world. Um, however, there's going to be a qualification process, uh, the open qualifiers at the beginning um, for anyone who wants to compete to display that they are indeed eligible uh, to qualify for the games. So that's the first step process. Um, once you display uh, your signs of eligibility, um, you'll be invited to qualify to an in-person qualifying event. Um, the use case for the ideal athlete, I think, is someone who is at the end of their career who wants to understand you know, what they can do to continue continue to perform and continue to improve. Uh, so I think that's a use case uh, for athletes who, you know, feel like they have burnt out or plateaued. And then I also see athletes who have just missed uh, an Olympic team, a world championship team, um, who don't want to let the the opportunity uh, end or end their careers just because they missed the team. Mm. I think being able to capitalize athletes and um, assist them with uh, career longevity um, those those are the two main buckets of, of folks that we uh, will see. Okay, okay. And then um, of the five sports, do you see that possibly potentially um, uh, increasing in sports that you would like to see? Or do you guys want to just stick with your core five and move forward with that? So we're going to launch with the core five. And then from there, we're going to uh, see what the interest is. And if there's a lot of interest for, for sports that we have not uh, yet to include, then you know we'll contract and expand the list um, and the event schedule. So um, nothing is ruled out yet. However, we've identified the sports that uh, are the most popular, that have the most fanatics. So we're going to launch with those. 
Okay. All right. And then do you all have a face for your endeavor right now? Um, possibly maybe somebody that might have been connected to PEDs in the past or, um, you know, what, what's your thought process behind having someone that's put out there as the, the face of your organization? Uh, that's something we're working on right now. It's just the core team, uh, President Aaron, Aaron D'Souza, uh, myself, and um, a few others. But uh, between Aaron and I, both of us are kind of handling the media and, um, you know, spreading the word. Um, in addition to, we've built a great website. It's enhanced.org. And there's a Discord channel now that uh, we're really encouraging anyone who is um, curious about the movement or, or supports the movement to uh, join in and participate in uh, daily discussions. Okay. Follow the Discord page. Yep. Follow the Discord page. We'll put, it, we'll, we'll put it in the link below. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll have to put that in the link so you guys have that. So so Brett, make sure you email me the uh, the Discord information. I'll make sure you get that in there. Um, as far as uh, now, as far as revenue for for this event, um, uh, have you guys uh, started looking at television providers and you know, or just uh, what space that you're going to be on, and then um, and then also sponsorships. You know, um, what what kind of sponsors are you guys looking to line up? Yeah, so one of the main revenue buckets is going to be media and broadcasting rights. And we're in discussions with uh, several well-known um, companies at the moment. Uh, so we hope to have uh, some pretty exciting news about who those folks are uh, in the coming weeks. Um, currently, the, the company is bootstrapped uh, by private capital. And um, we're going to raise a small Series series A round before uh, becoming um, self-sufficient funding, funding-wise. Okay. All right. Now, I know we had spoken a little bit uh, before about the money, um, but one of the things that I wanted to discuss with you um, and kind of pull apart a little bit more, the IOC professes to be a nonprofit that donates 90% of its revenue, all of its revenue, back to the governing bodies of the respective countries. Um, and that's around $3 billion to uh, to also to the host country to help ease financial burdens. You talked about you know wanting to keep this on locations uh, that you guys uh, create to help you know not have that to be a financial burden on these cities. Um, do you notice anything uh, that we talked about with the athletes? You know, in terms of the money. Now that's three billion dollars going to these host countries, and then you know we talk about the money that's going back to the governing bodies. Um, how how do you feel you know the athletes are being taken advantage of currently um in the in the current model with uh with uh, regards to olympic athletics so i think the athlete needs to have more of a say uh to their governing bodies and to the ioc of what they exactly need because the coaches and the the um the governing bodies who receive these funds may be misappropriating them um the athletes should be the ones that decide you know uh we need to be able to go to training camps, we need more training facilities, more coaching, um, more recovery, more more physiotherapy. Um, so it's really, it's really tough to say, given how many governing bodies there are on a local level, and how funds are either being allocated uh, properly or being misallocated. So we think uh, at the top level, funds are not being spent um, in direct uh, in direct support of of the athletes. And me being an athlete myself, I understand it is. Uh, it's it's difficult, you know, to under, to to be able to guide funds um, to a governing body because ultimately it is in the athletes. It is not the athletes who are making the decision with regards to spending. It is the governing bodies doing what uh, they think is best, and those folks who are usually at that level um, aren't the ones competing. Yeah, yeah. George, did you have did you have anything? Yeah, no, I because I feel like the IOC is going to really come after you guys because it's it's man, it's something that can take the world by storm, in my opinion. What red tape have you seen early on here of like the IOC trying to throw in some like, uh, uh, yeah, no, we don't really like what you guys are doing here. <laughs> have you uh, noticed anything yet? Or if you haven't, have other organizations or companies that have tried to do similar things like kind of led you on to hey watch out for this this and this well we haven't seen you know a, a fully official statement by the ioc kind of acknowledging us but we know we have been acknowledged and um what we do believe is given the universe of testing that we'll, we're going to be doing on our athletes and, and the understanding that we're going to gain given what enhancements are out there we think we can be um somewhat of a cooperative to the Olympics in the future, we're going to understand what 
uh, the universe of enhancements are and be able to share that with the Olympics, which hopefully they'll be able to reduce the amounts of cheating that is going on because while the Olympics still will have uh, the water code enforced, uh, we will not. So, you know, we see this in the long run being uh, either something that's mutually, mutually beneficial, uh, but ultimately we are trying to create a better model than um, than what the Olympics currently is. Interesting. Do you, uh, huh, uh, you might want to come back to this because this question, this question now my marketing hat is on. So um, once you've had your first set of games, uh, do you see anything in relation to possibly cross, pro, uh, you know, promotion with an Olympic champion? Like maybe it's, you know, the enhanced champion of the world at this sport versus the Olympic gold medalist and kind of running them against each other and seeing kind of what that can look like and, um, you know, the spectacle that it could be. I mean, I'm, I'm immediately thinking Ben Johnson versus, you know, Carl Lewis and, and their runs and showdowns that they had around the world. Um, what do you, what do you think? Um, do, do you think that that's something possibly in the long run that you guys could do? Yeah, we have a lot of creative ideas that are, uh, in development right now. And, um, until, you know, we get a little further along, uh, <laughs> uh, we're, we're unable to, uh, you know, release exactly what they are, but, um, super exciting stuff that, uh, we have in the works. I love it. I love it. Well, Brett, thank you so much again for, uh, for the time today. Seriously. Um, uh, you know, you never know who will answer a, a click on a link. So, so I really do appreciate you. Um, I know that you've been traveling, doing a lot of traveling around the world. Uh, any, any parting words that you'd like to say before we get you out of here? Um, yep. For those who are interested, uh, please log on to our website, enhance.org and follow our discord channel and the uh, instructions to join that uh, are at the bottom of the homepage. Love it. Brett Fraser from the enhanced games. Uh, thank you so much again for uh, for you know being with us today and giving us a little bit more information on what the enhanced games are and and uh, and how how you guys look to take the world by storm. So so really do appreciate that. Thank you so much, Josh and George. I appreciate it. Great speaking with you. Have All a good right. one, man. All right, Brett Fraser from the Enhanced Games. That that's that's some good stuff, George. That's going to be real interesting. Um, you know what. Uh, exactly what that can look like you know um especially if this if this gets picked up if this gets you know um if it's positioned in the right way yeah um, i I'm, think i think it's pretty cool i'm stoked i mean one of the the last things that i was thinking is there are plenty of peds that we i i've never understood why these commissions do not allow them is it really for the health and safety concerns because I don't think doing Toradol shots every goddamn week is oh. proven effective, nor is Vicodin, right? Yeah, so, yeah. like, their, yeah. their shit isn't, yeah, isn't right. squeaky clean either. That's right. But I'm like, at what point in time do we, like, look at these as a bad thing, you know? Because a lot of the recovery, bro, yeah, like, no, that's no. the big one. Well, and, and, and look, when we talk about HGH and all that, that's one of the main things that was the proponent of HGH. But I guess, I guess my only thing is... Um, not necessarily the regulation, but if I'm using this versus you're using that and, you know, we don't know necessarily what the benefit is one or the other. I think that that's kind of uh, the main thing I would say. Where they come down on it. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, well, well, I was using this and that's not nearly as powerful as what he was. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Is everyone using the same stuff? You know, but is it. it it that takes kind of thing. it takes science like this and calculated, you know. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get metrics that you've never seen before, and I think that's the beauty of of science and sports. Um, bring sports science back for the love of Jesus Christ. Oh, and on ESPN, yeah, and just have like revolving <laughs> hosts. I know it's probably like ESPN's married with like these hosts. I'm like, God, there's plenty of scientists. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love. I used that did used to love John sports Brinkus. Science. John Brinkus. Thank there you. I was go. trying to remember yes. his name. Yes. That's you get claps for that. That was pretty Shout impressive. Shout out to him, man. That was a great show. <laughs> that that was good. I did. I did always used to love those. Uh, you know, it's like he had a 0.3 percent of completion on this play. Da da da. Like I used to. I we used look to love at it. the arm angle. Here. <laughs> <laughs> he had he had three thousand revolutions on the ball. Yes, that's that's two thousand percent higher than his closest competitor. Like I, yeah. we look at the average Joe, he's throwing about three hundred revolutions. <laughs> like, no. Oh my goodness, no, it's good stuff. But let's go ahead and get into some sports topics. We got about thirty minutes. I'm sure we won't go that far, but. 
we'll, we'll get into a couple topics today. Um, let's start off in the NFL. George, Dalvin Cook has signed on with the Jets. Yes. My question to you is, do you think that this stunts Brees Hall's growth? Yeah, of course it does. But I, I think running backs aren't important anymore, I guess, Josh. I mean, we've we've had this conversation like they're they're important to a certain extent. So like, <laughs> you know, hey, well, look, you want to know, you want me to tell you how important they are? How important? Ask those Jets because they were world beaters before Brees Hall's knee snapped. And <laughs> the second his knee went over their 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 whole season went off the rails. So running backs still have especially the high level ones. Uh, and and the one that they brought in, Dalvin Cook, is high level. Um, my only thing is, you know, you have a running back on a rookie deal. So it's like you don't have to yeah. bring in some like if he's going to be the bell cow. No, granted, it is off of a blown knee. I yes, that's the that would be the only thing. But yes, I don't I don't know. I don't know if Dalvin Cook is I, look, it helps Aaron Rodgers. It helps. Aaron yeah. Rodgers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. If you watch him throughout his career, I mean, he's a great quarterback, but his his bread and butter is off that play action. He's one of the best, yes. uh, you know, once the run's established. So I, I think it'll be, you know, beneficial for them, but I, I'm so excited for this next Hard Knocks. Um, it, that's a whole nother topic. Oh, but I didn't even think I, about that. Because Dalvin hasn't been in. That's right. I even but think if about I that had way. to guess... Every fucking little young kid on the Jets is going to be like, Dalvin Cook. I remember watching Dalvin Cook, you know, yeah, at Florida yeah. State, you know, shit like that. Um, that's interesting. I didn't even, I didn't even, I wasn't even considering it. Under, they didn't show him. That. Yeah, that's. They didn't show him yet. So I'm excited to see how the team received him. Yeah, that, that moment of we're going to bring Dalvin Cook in, like. And then you know, seeing <laughs> Brees Hall's face, like. <laughs> <laughs> that's my position. Wait a minute. Fucker. Hold on, wait a minute. That's a pro bowler at my position. Wait a minute. Uh, has he been all pro? Uh, at Dalvin Cook? I have. It's to. possible. Yeah. It's definitely be all pro, man. It's definitely possible because like think about it. Like Derrick Henry is on the other side. So he can he can be all pro. Wait. I don't think he's been an all pro. No, 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 no. Cause uh, because all pro is everybody. So Derrick Henry is involved. No, he probably no. hasn't. Yeah, no, he hasn't. He probably hasn't. He's been a Pro Bowler though. Yeah, four-time Pro Bowler. Yeah, I know. I know he's been a Pro Bowler. <clears throat> Modern-day sure. Pro Bowl bullshit. Ugh. Listen, okay, we can talk about that. So you don't, you don't, you don't. Do you still consider the Pro Bowl like, uh, you know, an honor? Like, do you still no. think that? I didn't really? consider it an honor after players were literally not going, and Tyler Huntley's the starting quarterback <laughs> this past year. Like, are you fucking kidding? Like, how am I going to take this serious? <laughs> that I. That's fair. That is fair. Who says no to, like, that's the part that I just don't get. And it's all money-based because back in the day, like, based on what I had conversations with Sean Merriman, it was like, that paycheck meant a lot, like, based on old salaries. Yeah, yeah. So, but these days, the, the pay scale hasn't rose with inflation. It's fucked it. Yeah, and I mean, listen, when it was in Hawaii, um, when it was in Honolulu every year, and and John Madden used to have to get the the bus over there by by boat. Yep. Um, I think it was it was just it just had a different mystique to it. Um, similar to, I mean, listen, all of these All Star games, I feel like just aren't the same. They don't have the same the same feel. You don't like literally when I was so when I was a kid when I was you know when I was growing up in middle school high school all the way up to college. All-Star Weekend was like a stop what you're doing, you're going to watch. You know what I'm saying? Like, now it just doesn't – I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, and I don't know how these te- how these organizations can really fix it, truthfully. Um, mm, yeah, no, you got to let them hit each other hard again. Yeah, it, you well, got to make it, uh, it worth it, something. Yes, it starts – I mean, it definitely starts with the players, for sure. But, I mean, like, even just – I don't know. I don't. Maybe they've maybe they've commercialized it too much, and it's just kind of rubbed people, and they've kind of taken a step back. But I don't. I don't know. Uh, in other other NFL news, Zeke Ezekiel Elliott has found a new home. He has officially gone to the uh, New England Patriots, and uh, he's already bought into the the Patriot way. I didn't send you a picture of that, George. Do you have a picture of Zeke at the barbershop? Can you pull that up? Zeke. Uh, 
he um he is bought into the Patriot way at least you know from an image standpoint. Um, right after he signed his contract and right after he announced that he was going to the Pats, uh, he shaved off all of his curls. You know, Zeke Elliott had the wild hair and and the different things, and um, he uh, he officially. He's back to clean cut, Zeke. He, he's he's taking it back to Ohio State, baby. Look at and this. Yeah, yeah, I got the. Yeah, um, there there it is. That's him. That's him right there. Got the waves going though. Yeah, I know those. Hey, those are dipping. Hey, listen, that's a that's a great start. I don't know how you come from all them curls straight down the waves that quick. I don't know. That's a, all right. Shout out to his barber. <laughs> <laughs> Barber's getting him straight now. Um, my question is, is Ezekiel Elliott, is this new Zeke a, uh, a Corey Dillon redo? Um, and I say that because when remember when Corey Dillon left the Bengals and went to the Patriots, um, Corey Dillon was supposed to be washed up. Like that was kind of like, oh, OK, they got Corey Dillon. Um, but then he you know, helped the Patriots win multiple Super Bowls. Yeah, you know I mean, he was on the team that went undefeated. Well, almost undefeated. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he definitely had a resurgence there. And, um, if, if Zeke is actually about business and isn't about everything else that, you know, was Jerry world, uh, do you think that he could have a resurgence in new England this year? Of course, man. Like that's all, all superstar athletes. I think Deandre Hopkins is going to regret it the most because I thought he would really fit. I mean, who gives a shit if Mac Jones is average? Like DeAndre Hopkins would have made him something. Um, Zeke landed at the only place that I think can fix him. Hmm. Like, you know, I there's something about the the New England way that's kind of no nonsense. Uh, and and here's the thing: Zeke started with the Cowboys, right? And I think after a certain amount of time, dude, you get comfortable. Like, yeah. Everybody respects you. Everybody loves you. Now he's got to go re-earn that respect. And I think it's going to be really good for his career because he is still, like, when he gets in shape, he's a dominant running back. He's tough to tackle. And uh, I guarantee you he's not going to miss a blitz pickup. And that's invaluable in the NFL, especially for a young quarterback like Mac. Like, yeah. He's like, oh, I got your back. I would very much so like Zeke Elliott next to me if I was quarterback. Now, for those that don't remember, Corey Dillon, when he's when he made the switch, his last year in Cincinnati, it was a little bit of an injury year, but he only had 541 yards. The next year, when he ended up in New England, he had his his highest year of his career. He had 1635 yards that year. Um, so the Patriot way, as much as it it's you know bashed, you can't ba- you can't bash the success that it's had. And when guys do buy in and guys do just do their job, um, you know, the success does tend to follow that. Now, to George's point, does Mac Jones help out the running back? Because, I mean, listen, if Mac Jones can't throw, we're loading the box. It just is what it is. Yep. (laughs) But if Mac Jones does his job or at least is a solid version of his job, um, I think the Patriots, the Patriots still have a very solid defense, very high-end defense, still have Bill Belichick. Um, I think that they can – you know, uh, I said on another show, uh, and he laughed at me. Uh, I think the Patriots can get to eleven wins. <laughs> He's like, everybody getting to eleven wins? Yeah, yeah, everyone gets to eleven wins. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think the Patriots can get to eleven wins. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting. I they are gonna, uh, you know, be relying on him a lot more than people think. Oh, like, for sure. Like, I, you know, I think in people's heads, he's kind of that third down goal line back but like i be ready to see him as an every down back for sure so stevenson moves moves down the pecking order you think i think stevenson and him will it, you know you got to keep him fresh who's hot got to keep the stable fresh. <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 who's hot oh man all right so in another episode of fans behaving badly chiefs fan a chiefs aholic i think actually his 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 yeah. tag is chiefs aholic Xavier Babadar, I think is how you pronounce his last name, Mm. was indicted on federal charges for robbery that helped fuel his fandom. George, this man was, was, he was a menace. We've all, like, we've all wished to just travel with our favorite teams, go to every game. Listen, I will go, if I could go to every Capitals game and and Redskins game that I could get to, I would go, right? My man was out here robbing banks and different things. To uh, to continue his 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 uh, his obsession, 
Yes. But it doesn't end there, George. That's nuts, man. He he was indicted while out on bail. He placed a bet that ended up winning him $100,000. The bet was a parlay that Patrick Mahomes would win the MVP and that the Chiefs would win the Super Bowl. Paid him to, paid out $100,000 and uh and he went on the lamb for 3 months. <laughs> they they were able to recover him. Damn, what a fun 3 months he had. This man is a menace. <laughs> I mean, he gets out, maybe. I don't know. He he's the type of person who would like break out of prison. Like Oh, for I sure. I don't doubt it. For sure. He's he's definitely plotting. I promise you that. He cut his ankle monitor. So he had an ankle monitor. Once he got the hundred grax, he was like, I'm out. <laughs> he cut the ankle <laughs> monitor and took off. Yeah, wow. he, he's all, he was he was in the wind for three months. Uh <laughs> all right, switching gears over to MLB. Uh, did you hear anything about the Wander Franco situation, George? Uh, no. No, I've heard the name recently, but okay. like I didn't know what it was for. I, I meant to send you these pictures, too. So, so Wander Franco uh, decided he wanted to um, give a sequel to Surviving R. Kelly. Uh, and uh, <laughs> the worst part of the whole thing is my man was dumb enough to put the underage girl that he was uh, having situations with in his Instagram. I do now remember this. <laughs> he is a 22-year-old that had signed an 11-year, $182 million deal after winning Rookie of the Year. And uh, now it's looking as if he's not going to uh, be playing baseball at all ever again. Yeah. And he's only 22. Yeah, this is, this is the picture. This is, this is baby girl. Baby girl's 14. Oh, my God. Now, granted, okay. Now... He is, he is 22. You know what I mean? And it's, yeah. it's bad. That's not, I won't hey. say, I won't say that's R. Kelly bad, but that is still bad. This is still a child. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? 16, sadly, is the age of consent in some states. <laughs> but, oh, wonder. But for, 14 is but, bad. But 14, 14 dog, is bad. 14, she's, she's a step, she's a step, step shy of uh, middle school, dog. That's a. Uh, that's where we're we're in uncharted waters. <laughs> hey, oh, man, like these, the money. Do you think it was just like I'm just gonna take you here? I would assume that has to be it. Like, well, the worst part is he has a wife and kids. I did not know that. <laughs> All right, no, <laughs> I did not know that. He's a piece of shit. That's, yeah, he's got he's got that's a wife really and, bad. He's got a wife and kids already at 22. My man's living a life. My man's fucking took Instagram like. You know she's on Instagram. Like that's an Instagram story, bro. It's just what yeah, are you doing? Like, listen, it, do uh, I don't know. If you're gonna make a mistake, don't mistake it. Don't don't make the mistake out out in public on Front Street. Uh, but that's not all for the Rays. The Rays had a long week last week. Um, they also will now have to finish their season without their ace Shane McClanahan, who will be undergoing Tommy John surgery. Uh, he actually had posted an 11-2 record this year so far. Uh, they've, they had, the, the, the Rays had a, they had, they had a rough week. They definitely had a rough week from first and, you know, to, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Dude, this yeah. is the funniest meme in the yeah, fucking I saw, world. I saw that one. I saw that one. That one's too good. <laughs> <laughs> Wander Franco running to his local Walmart to grab the last second present for his girlfriend's quinceanera. <laughs> that is comical. Debo coming from, from down the hill. Oh, my goodness. Uh, all right. Switching gears over to the NBA. George, I'm not sure if you have this uh, this video or if you can get it quickly. Zion or James? No, no, James Harden. Oh, yeah, I got it, brother. James Harden. We'll, we'll go ahead and, and cue the video first. Uh, uh-oh. That's the quinceanera. Boom. <laughs> Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Let me say that again. Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Okay, so you heard what James Harden said. Um, this is my retort to that. James Harden has made three hundred and one million dollars already. In his NBA career, um, that was that was between four teams. Um, outside of the twelve million dollars that he made 
while he was a member of the OKC Thunder, the other $289 million were made on contracts that were signed off on by Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey is the, is the GM that actually brought James Harden to Houston and gave him the money and believed in him as a franchise player when, remember, at the time, James Harden was only a six-man. He wasn't, he wasn't even a spot, a spot starter. His, that was Thabo Cephalosha that was starting at OKC. He was the sixth man. We wouldn't have known James Harden could become who he ended up becoming without Daryl Morey. So my retort and my only thing is, where's the gratitude? Where, where's the gratitude at? Like, that's, that's crazy. Um, the, the reports, actually, the NBA has been looking into uh, this whole situation and I guess Daryl Morey had um, had given James um, the green light to opt in under the impression that he was going to be shipping him out, you know, that they would find a trade partner. Um, but listen, finding a trade partner and actually having one materialize are two totally different things. So that doesn't make me a liar, George. It makes what me just a fuck? situation where, hey, nobody wanted to pay for you. Sorry. Guess you're going to be suiting up in Philly. My thing. So, Dude, what do you think? No, George? I mean, I didn't know it was like under predication of that. Like he, that's he signed. And that then, just happened today. I literally, that literally, that report because the NBA was investigating it. Yeah, that report just came out today. I mean, man, like, like you said, there's zero gratitude. The fact that he had to repeat himself, like, motherfucker, <laughs> there's a lot of cameras there. They heard you the first time. We heard you, bro. We, we heard you. Yeah, there's no need to repeat that. You yeah, know, the emphasis was 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 unneeded, and. <laughs> He did this in China, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. That's it was a another pro, Daryl Morey, you know, like <laughs> hardcore, you know? I'll do it in the fucking, the place that you respect, you know? And you got in trouble for respecting. But, uh, man, he, James Harden may be done playing basketball. I won't go that far. I won't go that far. Um, I mean... It's interesting because I was reading something yesterday that was saying that, you know, Daryl Morey secretly is wanting um, Joel Embiid to request a trade so he can finally tear down the team and really do a rebuild. Um, but, uh, I mean, listen, it's unfortunate, um, but there aren't many teams that are, one, going to give James Harden the ball in the, the way that he would want it. Um and then we'll be able to pay him and give him an opportunity to win. There's very few. There's there's not really yeah. any. So if that's your market, it's similar to <laughs> Damian Lillard. Dude, yeah, I mean, yes. Damian Lillard's market was Miami. So it's like if Miami can't, you know, or isn't willing to give up what Portland wants, there's no market. So the same thing goes back to James Harden. Like, what's your market? You don't really have a market. And you're kind of toxic right now. Like, I think any owner is kind of like, damn. Oh, like if I send you the wrong address to a location, he's going to be like, that owner's a liar. I just wanted to repeat myself. He told me to go to this location. It was actually this location. He's a liar. That's what that's, you know, in the back of my head, that's a small scale. Like, he, he, he's nuclear, man. And like he, like you said, he needs the ball a lot. And yeah, you, you got to get comfortable, get in that, uh, start a group chat with, a. Uh, Carmelo Anthony and some other, uh, you know, superstars that have to embrace the corner three rule, you know, that's yeah. what you're going to be doing. Wow. That's unfortunate. Um, but, uh, okay. Before we get out of the NBA, we have to talk about the Luther Vandross of athletic sports. Uh, who, who is Luther Vandross? Well, you know, we, we got to remember again who Luther Vandross was. Luther was, there were, there was big Luther and there was little Luther. Big Luther had the had the curl, had the jury curl, and was woo 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 and all that good stuff in the '80s and early '90s. Um, and then Luther came out and said he had diabetes, and and his his weight dropped, and he was he was skinny Luther. He was still good, but he wasn't exactly who he said he was. So the athletic version of that happens to be Mr. Zion Williamson. Zion is now he he went from looking you know like Big Papa Pump to being chunky again. And then now he's back looking like Big Papa Pump here. And uh, yeah, George, what do you think? That's a, that's a healthy looking Zion. That's not a Taco Bell commercial Zion that we saw <laughs> at the beginning of last season. I mean, 
you can look good. Like fucking do something. Like, I, I'm at that point with him. This were, is it. This is it. I will never forget the first NBA game that he ever played in. And he came in in the third quarter, limited minutes, and dropped 17 points. And then the coach left him in. Like that right there, I was like, oh, we have a superstar in the making, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. And I've just not been a fan of the way that the Pelicans have kind of held him back. You think they've held him back? I mean, it's the medical team, right? Like, I mean, I know he's not, he, he could not be at that optimal health level. Yeah. And when you're super young, I can see it, right? Let you're very, there's a lot of time for you to, to heal up here. Okay. This is the healing year. All right. This is why we've been playing limited minutes for the past three seasons is to come out and win an MVP. Like that's what I'm expecting. Anything you expect him to be on that level. Anything less than that, I'm like, all right, like, you kind of, you're not an Anthony Bennett, but, like, in a sense, like, you, God, dog, you're kind of headed down that road. Hey, well, I'll say this, you know, this is the year. Um, this is the make or break year for him. Um, the Pelicans, we've talked about it before. We, I think we talked about, well, I know that I've talked about it last summer when, you know, when, when Ja got his money and, and Zion got his money. Ja had earned the money. Um, he had earned it. You know what I mean? Uh, now, granted, he had some injuries as well. He had been a superstar in the league, had had highlights. Like, really bring me Zion Williams Williamson's highlight package in the NBA. It's very, very so limited. Yes. If you really think about it. 100%. Like, like, we could think about at least 10 job posters. Yeah. Period. Like, 10. And that's not even, that's me being friendly. Like That's he no has, summer league either. Yeah, he's got a lot more than that. But, like... Zion hasn't really done a whole lot in the league. He's played and then he's gone back to sleep and then he's played and then he's gone back to sleep. So the Pelicans were in a very, very, very delicate situation last summer because you have to give him that money. You have to give him the Supermax because he's Zion Williamson. Right. You're still paying for what he could be, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, but And then the other side of that was if you don't pay him and he walks – then everybody else on your team and free agents are starting to look at you funny, like Brandon Ingram, like, so, like, what's good? Yep. You know what I mean? And all the other free agents that are trying, that you're trying to attract are like, you ain't pay Zion? Well, if you ain't paying him, you definitely <laughs> not going to pay me. So, you know what I mean? So they were in a very precarious situation last year. And they were protecting assets. They, they had to. But this is it. This is it. We can't, we can't be doing the, the Luther Vandross yo-yo and wait. Like, yep. you're either in... Or you're not in. And if you're not in, you're not going to be here. That's just my thought on it. And I say MVP, and I fucking mean it. Like, he has all, when when it's on, he has all those tools. Yeah. And now what he needs to do is he needs to lead the Pelicans to, like, I'm not asking you to be the first seed in the West. I'm definitely not expecting you to be in the playing game. Like, that's a failure to me. Yeah. Like, you better be for sure middle of the pack or competing for the top. Um or else this Pelicans team is... They got to crack it. They're just destined. They're just, uh, in a way, similar to the Hornets. Uh, it's just... Those teams down south just can't seem to get out of their way. I, I think I think the Hornets... The Hornets are going to be interesting this year. Um, you know, now that, now that Michael sold the team, that still hurts. Oh, it does. It still hurts. Um, but uh, I'm interested to see what they end up doing, especially with, uh, with their new draft pick, um, if they get better. But... Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is this is the year for Zion. It's it's now or never. It's definitely uh, piss or get off the pot at this point. Yep. Um, and finally, we got to talk about Sage Steele leaving ESPN. Was this any kind of a surprise? I mean, she has a a, a multi million dollar lawsuit out against uh, ESPN. So, I mean, George, I don't know how. What's what's uh, the lawsuit about? Uh, the, well, the lawsuit about was about her for like basically ESPN encroaching on her First Amendment rights, um, because I want to say she was suspended or like secretly suspended yeah. because of some things that she had said on a on podcast. On Jay Cutler's yeah, Jay, Jay Cutler about the about COVID. Jesus, yeah, it Christ. was it was about COVID. It was about COVID. Yeah, and um and so you know that's basically what happened, and now it's like mm, all right. Good luck out there, girl. I, I, I'll say that we won't miss you, Sage. It is what it is. Yeah. Hey, the, <laughs> I've always heard it, Josh, and I know you have, but the power that that mouse has 
aka Disney. Yeah. All right. Yeah. They have this level of power that I can never have fathomed. And it's like if every sports reporter, you know, can can take that into consideration. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, take that into consideration before you sign up with them because I think it was what, like five years ago, six years ago that when they had that merger? Or no, it's been a while. Disney. We're talking about ABC, ABC Dis- and, and, and ESPN. No, I'm talking about Disney and ESPN. We're talking uh, since the early 2000s, it, right? There's an ESPN zone inside of the, or in that Disneyland. Yeah, it's. Area. I mean, it's it's probably it's probably been about between 10 and 15 years. I'd say it's probably been about 10 to 15 years. Yeah, since, but I mean, since they jumped in, and they're always wanting to stay fresh. Like you know, they they cut a lot of people. It's never a surprise. It's it's yeah. kind of like a known thing. Like it's sad. They've they've cut they've cut more than fat. They've mm-hmm. cut they've cut into they've cut to the bone in a couple of these spots where it's like, Whoa. dang, that's a good part. Like Neil Everett, that one hurts. Like it's like not Neil Everett. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like certain people is just it was similar to when they you know when Dan Patrick didn't come back. Yeah. Dan Patrick, Rich Eisen, something about that old guard. Yeah, I mean, like it, like when Scott Van Pelt goes, that's gonna be a sad day. Oh my God! Yeah, I mean, just but just certain certain people so, are ESPN. Yeah, and so to me, it's are they losing money because there are a lot of other streaming type, you know, content going yeah, up for I mean, sure. We're competing with them right now as that's we right. speak. Yeah, um, is it that they're losing money, or is it that people once they are established at that level on ESPN? they just become too expensive. Mm. You know, they become way too expensive to keep and know that, you know, we can funnel in new talent. They're no different than acquiring rookies and having a whole bunch of rookie deals. Like, yeah, you know, I was, I was talking to someone the other day and they were saying um, that basically the reason uh, that they're cutting what they're doing is they're cutting. Oh, it was, it was Ryan Clark. Uh, (laughs) He was saying that they're cutting um, a lot of people that only can speak on one thing. So like a lot of the people that, you know, they specialized in this. Yep. You know what I mean? But for me, I'd much rather have now maybe not pay them as much as you were paying them, but I'd much rather have someone that was very dialed into this one thing. Yes. I'd rather have an authority in this one thing than a guy that's really smart on this and then he ate on like five other things. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have the the guy that's an authority and he's very entertaining or she's very entertaining than having someone that's idle across the board. I mean, I just haven't seen Josh any sort of creative energies being put into new fun shows mm. that we can fa- fall in love with. It's the same fucking thing. It is every goddamn day. It is. And, it's, and, and to me, that's why, you know, people like Barstool crush them as far as like fun, entertaining content that's still sports related, yeah. but coming from so many different avenues and outlets that it doesn't feel like this. Contrived. Uh, yeah. yeah. And trust me, I love my nighttime ESPN. You watch ESPN for an hour, you know everything you need to know. In yeah, yes, yes. I'm a fan of that. Yes. Let's keep that, but let's there's still, work there's some still, new shit in. Yeah, there's, still, there's definitely still the authority in that. Um, Fox Sports isn't, they're, you know, they're not running them down or no one else is going to run them down in terms of that. Um, uh, but, um, like the rewind episodes, like with, uh, like Kobe, Peyton Manning doing Mm -hmm, the, mm -hmm. uh, and then the, uh, the, was it the, um, uh, detail, those, those are really good. Uh, John Gruden's, uh, I, I, listen to John Gruden fucking, so replace that motherfucker. You can do that with all the new quarterbacks coming. Like to me, like that's fun, creative shit. Yes. Yes. That, that that you're not getting anywhere else. Yep. Um, and they have access to those guys. So having, you know I mean, utilizing your access, I think that's the main thing is like- 100% that. Yeah, you know I mean, like, because we don't have access. Like, trust me, when I get access, oh, this thing's going to be on a whole nother level. But like, I don't have access. So I got to make it work for what I have. But when you have the access, it's like, bro, like you literally can do anything and they'll do it because you're them. You're, you're, you're ESPN. The, yes, yes. You're the thing. So, you know- is what it is. 
All right, well, we've come to the end of another episode of the American Fan 365 podcast. Please make sure you like, share, and subscribe to all of our channels. Uh, please also make sure you download these episodes. We need to get those download numbers up, so make sure you download some episodes. Um, but we have a lot of things coming up. Um, you know, fantasy football is going to be, uh, you know, over the next few months, Lord Jesus, help me. Yep. Um, George and I might be going to an USC game soon. Yes, yes, this okay. weekend. Is that this weekend? It's this weekend, Josh. I can be doing some man-on-the-street stuff for both Gridiron Junkies and the American fan. Shoot. I did not realize it was this It's weekend. week zero. It's a dumb, oh. dumb thing. Yeah, they're playing early. All right. I'll, uh, I'll have to see you on that. Uh, but... Um, but yeah, yeah, exciting, exciting things to come. Um, shout out to our sponsor, Coco Water, Coco Love, Coco Love. Shout out to Coco Love, and um, and yeah, that's it. I love I it. I got nothing else. So <laughs> see All you right. guys next time. Subscribe. Oh.